another episode of You Didn't Ask with Frankie and Tish. Okay, I already forgot where we are. We're at the Honey and Trap Cat. Oh, the extra voice there in the background. Let's see if you can guess who it is. Honey and Trap Cat. And we are interviewing the awesome, amazing, not at all creepy, and very charming Dacre Stoker. Stoker. Hello and welcome. Well, thank you, ladies, for having me on. We're this is so such a super excited. Yeah. No, our pleasure. I can't tell you how stoked I am. Oh. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> so, let's do a little bit of background first. For those that don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, my name is Dacre Stoker. Yes. I am the great grand nephew of Bram Stoker, author of Dracula. Bram was one of seven children. Funnily enough, only three had offspring. Lucky enough, his youngest brother, George. Had, had had children, and yes. that's my line. He his line did, and there are actually two great grandsons still alive, and one other did. Tom, his younger brother, but that line has died off. So, of a family of seven from the Victorian era, where they multiplied like rabbits, yeah. you know, <laughs> back right. in the day. Yes, but there's not many living. So I'm I'm the one carrying the banner, so to speak, and and the family is sort of pushing behind me. Daker, spread the word. Try to go promote Bram, protect Bram's intellectual property, and. And sometimes the cousins come up with some cool stuff. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you work with family with it as well. Well, these great-grandsons have some neat stuff in their attic that I've found, in different archives they've donated. So they're the ones who have the goods. I'm the deliverer of the goods and the one that makes it all work. Right. Puts it all together. So it's like a team effort. Absolutely, it is. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that background. That's excellent. So just a little bit more. You wrote a prequel to Bram Stoker's Dracula. And a and sequel. And then a sequel. Yes. Correct. And yeah. then a sequel. I kind of kind of did the Star Wars thing. I actually did it backwards. <laughs> okay. It, yeah. it just seemed easier at the time to, to continue the Dracula story because it was out there and there was a somewhat ambiguous ending. So here's my thing I'm going to throw back at you two okay. and your listeners. At the end of the novel Dracula, as opposed to all the hundreds of movies that have been made, let's go novel now, any idea how Bram Stoker had Count Dracula supposedly destroyed? What tools were used? What methods were used? Any idea? No. Because normally, the novel said, when Van Helsing explained to Homewood how to kill his Lucy, you had right. to use a wooden steak, right. cut the head off totally, yes. and then yeah. shove garlic in. Uh, yes. But the climax of the whole thing, when the band of heroes closed in on the gypsies, were protecting the liter wagon with the crate of Dracula, just as they were coming up to the foot of the mountain with Cas- Castle Dracula, Quincy Morris stabbed the Count with a bowie knife, and Harker only slit his throat with a cookery blade, no garlic, no decapitation, no steak. Mm-hmm. The Count had this look of peace on his face, or smirkiness, right. and crumbled into dust. What's wrong with that picture? That's not the way a you A lot, yeah. yeah. That leaves the door open for a great-grand-nephew 100 years To come years in later. and say, guess what? Yeah. The story's not <laughs> over, folks. Right, that's brilliant. And the fact that I had access from my cousins and also other scholars say, Dacre, you've got to go check out the Rosenbach Museum in Philadelphia. That's where the Dracula notes are. Got to wow. go out to Seattle, Washington, where the typescript is. Paul Allen's estate owns it. And look for all the things that were edited out, crossed out at the last moment, things that were lost in development. You know, when writers right. just, a couple things don't quite make it, but they're still sitting. That's what right. Bram was thinking. So Ian Holt and I used those things and characters that Bram didn't use 
in his original novel in 1897. We put those into the sequel, Dracula the Undead, that came out in 2019. It's like it was meant to be right. written right. later. Exactly. exactly. Like written in such a way that someone would have to carry it on. It, exactly. And so the child, if you remember the very end of the novel, movies don't do this, the Band of Heroes goes back to Transylvania to pay homage to their fallen Quincy, and they go back there seven years later with this baby. But the baby is Mina's. Or is it? Okay. <laughs> this is awesome. So if this doesn't intrigue you and get you to want to read, then shame on you. Let me say that. Very, very shame on you. This is so awesome. Um, but now, that, now I have so many more questions. But I think it, you said your, your family kind of pushed you and they were like, hey, let's make this happen. So was this ever a desire that you had yourself, that you were just like so interested in the background? Well, just being Bram's great-grandnephew, was it ever intriguing to you? Did you like vampires? Were you into the dark and, and those okay, sort of I'll, novels? I'll, I'll, and... I will confess. Okay. okay. Growing up in Montreal, Canada, it was like the Munsters and the Adams family all rolled into one. I was the Marilyn, okay? Okay. <laughs> Living in the cobwebs with all the, you know, and I didn't know what the hell was going on, you know, vampires, you know, monsters. In actual fact, in all seriousness, there was very little in our family that was, you know, vampirist or monster. Right, okay, yes. I was so into, you know, trying to make the Olympics and right. ch- chasing girls and trying to just, you know, be a, be a teenager. Yes. It wasn't until college that I had an opportunity to actually write a paper about an author. And not long before that, I had picked up a book written by two Boston College professors, McNally and Florescu, who wrote a book called In Search of Dracula. Those two guys are credited with giving the Stoker family everything we need to know okay. about Bram <laughs> and Vlad the Impaler and all these. Right. And they did it. It's, it's still a classic in the Vampire Scholars book, but that I became the family expert. I wrote the paper. I got a B plus on it. It was okay. And everyone was like, wow. Yeah, you know okay. all this cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then a few years later, Ian Holt contacted me and said, well, I understand you're a stoker, you know, you, you, you see, because my uncle said, I want nothing to do with you, Ian. Contact Dacre, he's the family expert. He had a screenplay, kind of, you know, low-level play that never went anywhere. He wanted to turn to a book, but he thought it would be cool to have a stoker involved, and he thought it would be neat to have Bram Stoker in the story. Okay. So I said, I'm not throwing my name at anything unless I am an expert. Give me a year. And I've been, I was a school teacher at the time. I knew I had one year left. I wanted to break after 10 years. So timing worked out great. I studied my butt off. I actually went to Ireland. I went to Trinity College, went to Marsh's Lobby, places Bram had been, looked at different archives, went to Philadelphia, looked at the notes. So I became this sort of self-confessed expert on Bram as right. well as Dracula. Yeah. Yes. So I could represent myself well writing this, this story. Do you know anything then about Bram's history himself and like what got him interested in writing about vampires? Well, okay, you are at about to listen to my hour and a half talk. Yes, on I all am. Of this. And we're going to, yes, so, so catching he, clips of it. Yes. So here's the deal. I can't tell you guys this in three minutes or less. No, but I'll, got sum, you. It up, I'll sum it up this way. Okay. Bram's own life events, his research, and other things that were prevalent in Victorian society, mesmerism, spiritualism, the occult. Yeah. It was a perfect storm in 1890 for Bram Stoker to get into this. And he was a budding writer while he was a civil servant, which drove him crazy. He was dying to become a writer, a okay. poet, yep. into the theater. 
and he finally was able to, and he did meticulous research, but he also had some weird stuff happen in his life. Which you're going to be telling us about in a few minutes, I'll right? give you a couple, yeah, okay. I'll give some teasers now. Okay. Think, seven years mysterious illness, hmm. undiagnosed, but bloodlet during those years. Bloodletting means yes. leeching, cutting until you pass yes. out. Yeah. Trauma, traumatic experience for anybody. Because they believed it cleansed whatever the, the, illness, right. Exactly. The, the four humors. The blood was made up of four humors. You had to get all this. I didn't realize they were getting rid of the good antibodies, too. Right. They got rid of almost everything. Yes. And then they would rehydrate you with oil and claret. So imagine a little six-year-old, five-year-old boy dehydrated to the no. point of blood of passing out, and then they give you red wine and oil, you're going to be in a stupor. A right, dr- yeah. So this happened to Bram repeatedly. Tish and I talked a lot about this beforehand, mm-hmm. and we were like, what can we ask Dacre Stoker that he has never been asked before? Uh-huh. And we listened to many of your interviews, and yes. you have a lot of the same questions, and we were not smart enough to come up with something brilliant. So... <laughs> Throwing it back to you. <laughs> Throwing it back to you. Is there any question that someone has never asked that you want to answer or that you have information that you want to give? I think that the, the biggest question, and I've, I've found a lot of pieces of the puzzle, and you're going to hear some tonight. The biggest one is, what really was Bram's illness? What was it? Mm-hmm. How, how can a family with three doctors, his brothers were famous doctors, he had famous uncles who were doctors, We've got, we've got Bram's journal. I mean, why don't we know anything about it? I think, and this is just, nobody's really asked me, but here's my opinion. Respiratory allergies. So he grew out of it, and his, his robustness helped him through it, but none of that would have happened if it was a more serious disease. Right. So that's my theory, and I'm glad you asked. Oh, thank you so much for the interview. Yes, and we're actually going to record you when you... Do my thing. Do your thing. <laughs> so we'll get a little bit more of the, the juicy bits that get you only juice. gave us. The two, two, oh, the blood. Uh, a little uh, bit more of the blood there, there of it. There will be blood tonight. <laughs> For the blood is the life you better drink up. Two days ago, the, my latest book has just been made live on Amazon. Oh, wow. And it is... Dracula annotated for the 125th anniversary. Oh, yes, that's right. I didn't even mention that. Let me say by, that. By yes. Hellbound Books. And you know what? It's got all the juicy stuff that I'm talking about. It's got references to Bram's notes, the things taken out of the typescript, the missing 101 uh, pages. So I, I'm, I'm glad to be announcing it to you guys. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's on Amazon paperback and hardcover. It's, it's cool. Thank God you're on it because I completely missed the whole reason why we're here, which is the 125th anniversary of Dracula. Yes. So you're doing Lips. your tour. You're going from place to place. You just came from Burbank. Uh, were you? Burbank, Burbank. And right now we're in Sacramento. Tomorrow yeah. you're going to Astoria. Astoria. Yeah. All over the place. Yes. Awesome. And then more and more and I more. Go you're, home, I know you're I'm going back east. I've got Atlanta. I've got Salem, Massachusetts, home of the witches. Right. And I heard you're going to be in our neck of the woods at the Winchester Mystery House, I think. The, on this trip, yeah. Oh, on this trip, yeah. This there trip. you go. And then uh, Dublin, Ireland for the Bram Stoker Festival over Halloween. So, do you have a website that we could plug or somewhere where people can find you? Yeah. BramStokerEstate.com is the family website, the estate website. That's where most of the information is. But if I'm on Facebook, I, I, you know, that's where I post everything. And I'm going to find you on Facebook. <laughs> Come on. Let's do it. 
And then also this is being uh, put on by the... Menagerie Honorees Market, yes. my good friends, Connie and Michael. Yes. You know, they they started me coming out here yeah. a couple of years ago. They've got the right vibe for doing Dracula. Mm-hmm. I love them. They're so generous. They've organized this whole trip for me. Uh, they take me around all these cool places. They've arranged, you know, really neat, boutique little places for these experiences. And they're going to have me coming back in February as well for, for some more. We heard. I'm so excited. And I have to be a little bit selfish right now and say that we're lucky to know Constance and Michael too because we yes. got to meet you today. Yes. Look, they're good people and they, they bring are. good people yes. together. Yes, they, they are. They're Absolutely. amazing and we appreciate them yes. and love them so much. So thank you again so okay. much for doing our show. I'm so excited. I think I'm going to like not sleep for three days. Okay, so we were so nervous and lucky <laughs> to interview Dacre and for no good reason. Right. Because he is easy to talk to, super charming, and he, just a great guy altogether. He took our nerves and he like basically made us feel like this we were was the okay. first one. Yeah, this is the first time that we like had really gotten to like talk to him and meet like we, we had met him. him before at the 125 years of Dracula vending event in at, in Alameda but we didn't and he was really charming and we were I think that's what made us so nervous is like oh my gosh we have the potential to interview this like really incredible guy and we are we going to be a fumbling wreck and kind of we were this time yeah. <laughs> however <laughs> You know, um, we made it so grateful. (laughs) Yeah, so, so, so grateful. And the insight, incredible. We got to sit and listen to his lecture. We learned so many things that I didn't even know to ask. Yeah. And I was like totally mind boggled. And I I mean, we don't want to give any of that away because if you want to learn, of course, purchase his book, books, and, um, you know, maybe book some time to see his lecture. Because it, it is it definitely well worth it. Inspires you. Well, what's interesting about it too, like, is that knowing all that knowledge, like, if you weren't a fan of like Bram Stoker's, or if you had read it in like you know a while, or even in the recent past, <clears throat> like, it gives you more information to have a, a better idea and background of where all this stuff came from. So, like, you want to go back in and like re re experience everything because now you have you're armed with all this knowledge it's right. it's totally worth it not only where vampires came from but where his own personal experiences led to you know what ended up being yeah the book of dracula like, it, from it, what, when he was a child like things that he went through personally health wise right it's so incredible like things that you wouldn't even you're like whoa we learned so much about vampires and vampire lore and and to learn that it's all based on real things that were put together so again there's no like there's no like um like having like this like disillusionment that everything that you thought about vampires is wrong because somebody made it up it's like you find out that there's more even more possibilities with the information that you're given it was probably one of the coolest things that we've done so far and and i have to give huge thanks to uh the menagerie oddities market for making this come absolutely (laughs) to fruition being able to interview someone like dicker stoker was never like something that was on the radar because i didn't think it was a possibility and and it it ended up being like the greatest thing possible because he's like the coolest dude again everything happens for a reason i keep i'm gonna keep uh, like reaffirming this because like for me like 
it it just I, I keep getting that pattern. Everything happens for a reason. I'm gonna keep saying you're gonna keep hearing me say it because that's what I believe now. Yeah. It's showing in everything that we're doing and every path that we're taking. So Olivia Newton John's song, Do You Believe in Magic has popped out in your head as a theme song <laughs> as we're heading out. <laughs> So again, I want to take the time to thank Dacre for yes. taking the time to interview with two two strangers. Two strangers, yeah. <laughs> um, and being on our podcast, we are so grateful, so honored, and extremely pleased, and yep. cannot wait to cross paths again. And uh, remember, if you want to stake a vampire. Always use our sticks. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to be paranormally active, always use protection. Bye.